we're back. Well, I'm back. Uh, no Scott this week. Um, Scott couldn't make it. Jesse had some other things, so he's unable to, to be here again today um, as well. Uh, so you're stuck with just me. Uh, so just Mike today. Um, I want to go over a couple of things. Uh, I think it's going to be just a short uh, episode this week. Um, first, I want to explain last week we were out. Um, I had a family member who works at a company that had a couple of positive tests. Um, and just to be safe, uh, we wanted to make sure that not only was, um, you know, I clear, uh, my, my family member clear and all that stuff. We just wanted to make sure no symptoms, no transmission or anything like that before we got back together. Um, so, uh, I'm fine. Um, I'm fine now. Everything's cleared up. Um, so now we're just, um, trying to get back together. We had just a little, um, scheduling conflicts today. Scott, uh, had some family things, uh, previously scheduled and, and, um, couldn't make it, which, you know, life happens, you, you know, life happens, you roll with the punches, you do what you can do, um, and you make do best with what you got. Um, so, uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, um, first we had, uh, the final debate, uh, that happened. Um, I didn't watch, I didn't watch all of it. I watched portions of it. Um, you know, a Trump, anyone debate is pretty predictable. Uh, so I pretty much knew where, I, what, what we were going to get from that. I thought Biden, uh, made a couple of decent points. Uh, but I thought that Trump won the day. I think, I think Trump had the, 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 the better message. Um, yeah, we're probably going to get hit with more COVID was with what Biden was, was coming out was saying. Um, but Trump's counter to that was that, yeah, but, but what are we going to do? Are we just going to lock ourselves in our basements and, and be afraid of the world? Or are we going to come out and, um, and, and, you know, brave it like Americans do. Are we going to do what America does? And that's, uh, face a challenge head on, um, and, and do what you need to do to get through it. Uh, I think that was the message Trump was trying to, to put across, and I think he did so well. Um, Biden, uh, a couple of things that I, that I think he hit him on decent were, um, his rhetoric, uh, and, you know, that he, that Trump runs his mouth a lot. He does. Uh, I'd like to see Trump run his mouth less, but then again, at the same time, a lot of, you know, as a Trump supporter, I believe a lot of Trump running his mouth is simply because of, um, you know, what he, what he's dealing with as far as, uh, the obstacles that have been set in his path. Uh, he's, he's had to deal with a lot more than, uh, you know, contention, uh, more than a lot of other, uh, presidents have had to deal with, um, not making excuses. He's gotten a lot done in three years. I feel like with some bipartisan, uh, cooperation, he probably could have done more, but that's, that's, um, that's a story for another podcast, I think, you know, um, but in the end, we, we ran a Twitter poll. Uh, it didn't get a lot of feedback. Uh, I'm going to be honest. It was like 33 people voted on it. Wasn't, wasn't a great response, but out of those people, uh, you know, two thirds of those folks, um, thought that Donald Trump, uh, won the day. Um, so I, I will, I looked at a lot of other polls on Twitter. Um, you know, the overwhelming majority of polls that I looked at said that Donald Trump won the debate. Um, I think that the biggest thing that was said at the debate was Joe Biden uh, saying that he was going to transition away from fossil fuels, um, which, you know, the argument, oh, yeah, well, we, we can't be on oil forever. Well, yeah, I get that. And I think the rest of us get that. Um, everyone gets that. But what we're afraid of is he has these radical extreme environmental leftists, um, in, in Congress that, uh, 
they would like to see the end of, you know, the end of fossil fuels, the end of uh, fracking, the end of plastic straws, and the end of cows farting um, by 2025. Um, you know, I think their real, their real date is 20, 2045 or 2050 or something like that, but that's still, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how that, that would be achievable. I really don't know how we can go from where we are now, uh, in, in what is that, uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, I don't see how we can, we can, we can be there. Um, not saying we shouldn't try, but there's also a lot of evidence out there now. There, there's a certain faction of scientists that believe that oil actually is renewable. That that it's not um, what we originally thought. It's not a. It's not that it itself is something that the Earth creates. Um, kind of like natural gas is something that the Earth the Earth naturally creates uh there's a lot of thought out there that oil um you know crude petroleum um is something that naturally occurs if i don't know if any of you other folks remember um but when i was growing up earth day was a really big thing uh and our elementary school when i was in elementary school we would always have these presentations where they would have scientists come in and um and you know I never asked for accreditation. These these were just dudes in lab coats, um, and because they were wearing the right or the right attire, they had clipboards, they had pe- pens and pencils in their pocket protectors. Uh, we just kind of took took it at face value um, that that these were that these were scientists. But uh, I never saw any accreditation um, or any kind of qualifications uh, to be teaching kids about uh, the. Uh, ecological future um but i'll digress on that point um what they would do is they would come in and they would say uh they would say things i remember quotes like oh well if we keep using oil at the rate we're using oil there will be no oil by 2020 um or you know 2010 or, or the year 2000 or something along those lines that we're using oil so much so fast that that it'll it'll deplete itself what i'm wondering is is shouldn't we be out of oil by now you, you know uh if if oil is a finite commodity and there's only so much of it like gold um for instance um they said the whole reason why gold has an intrinsic value is that there's a finite amount of it on the planet. Um, that there's only so much gold on this planet, and that's why it's valued so high. Uh, diamonds are valuable, but that's an inflated value. Um, diamonds are infinite. They're, they're everywhere. They're easy to find. You can find them walking through the woods. Um, it's, it's now crystal clear diamonds and different kinds of diamonds are rare and this, that, and the other. I don't want to get into all that, but the only reason diamonds are worth anything is because of the jewelry industry. Um, because, you know, weddings and wedding rings made diamonds, um, a very sought after commodity and that's what makes them valuable. Gold is valuable because there's a finite amount of it. Um, and there's only so much on the, on the planet. So he who has the most gold has the most wealth. Um, but I digress. Um, and I'm willing to be educated on that. If anyone out there has a counter argument, um, you can email us at podcast, uh, podcast at the btlpodcast.com. Feel free to leave us a message there. Email us if we're wrong. Um, you can email me at the BTL podcast on Twitter and you can get a hold of me on facebook.com uh, forward slash PA between the lines. Um, so feel free to correct me on anything uh, that I may be spouting off here because I am just going by memory. I don't have any uh, I'm, I'm going Amy Coney Barrett here. I'm, I don't have any notes in front of me. Uh, I'm just spitting off, uh, stuff off the top of my head that I remember from being a kid. But, um, I remember the graphs that they presented and to letting us know that, Hey, you know, plastics come from oil. All this stuff comes from oil and we're using it up at an unprecedented rate. And if we continue the rate that we're using oil, um, it's all going to be gone. 
Now, I know for a fact that more people are driving now than were driving when I was a kid because more people have vehicles now than when I was a kid. You have a family of, we'll just say a family of four, uh, and when I was growing up, a family of four would have one car. Uh, and if you had two cars, you were a very wealthy family of four. Um, nowadays, it wouldn't be surprising for that family of four to have four cars. Um, you, you know, you have a car for mom uh, so that she can go to work and or do her daily errands if she's a, a stay-at-home housekeeper. Um, and then you have a car for dad so that he can go to work and vice versa. There's nothing that says a man can't be a housekeeper. Um, so, you know... You have the parents that each have their own car. That's true for my family as well. I have a car. My wife has a car. And then you have, as the kids become of driving age, then your kids get cars. Um, and then they have a car so that they can go to school. They can go to college. They can do those things. Um, and then they have a car as well. So now you have every member of your family has their own car. And that wasn't exactly the case uh, when I was growing up. So just by sheer logic that the fact that there's more vehicles on the road, at least in the United States, then uh, it would, it would, you know, bear to logic for me um, that perhaps maybe there was, um, you know, maybe we're using more oil and they were telling us that oil would run out and oil would run out and oil would run out. We should have run out of oil by now. So scientists started looking into that and, you know, I think we will do an entire podcast on this because it seems very interesting to me that, that oil could be a renewable energy. Um, so what if we find out that all along uh, this oil is being reproduced and it, it's regenerating its, itself under, under, underground um, and maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe I'm ignorant. Um, and maybe we just found oil that we didn't know existed. Maybe they were wrong back then about the amount of oil that they, um, that they predicted was available. Um, so, so maybe I'm wrong on that, but I do, I do remember I read an article about how, um, there are theories out there that oil is indeed renewable and it's something that the earth itself um is making kind of like uh crystals and um uh, things along those lines so maybe it is something that that, that we're doing um, maybe it is something that's uh that's renewable and we're already on the path to to um to renewable energy and we just need to find a way to make it cleaner um, maybe that's the goal. Maybe the goal is not to get away from it altogether, but just find a way to make it cleaner, um, and, and more efficient and things along those lines. So that's always an option. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of times we, we like to cut bait on, on ideas because it's, it's hard. Uh, and sometimes we don't want to go through the work to find, um, a different solution. Um, but I do think that, uh, that, that, that we're doing better now, uh, than we ever did. I think we're doing better now than, than we have in the past. I remember videos of a lot of environmental issues, uh, growing up and it just seems like, yeah, we have some big ones like the oil rig that blew up in the Gulf and, um, another big one I remember as a kid was the Exxon ship up in Alaska that crashed and a bunch of ducks got oil all over them or something along those lines. Uh, Don came in and saved the day and cleaned all the, all the cute animals and things along those lines. But I certainly remember, um, a lot more environmental disasters when I was a kid than we're having today. And, and that's a good thing. I think that we're learning our lessons and I think that we're finding a way, uh, to compromise on some of this stuff and, and, and make it, uh, make it usable and not destroy the planet all at the same time. So, um, transition away from that, um, the, the, the way we got onto that was the debates with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. 
And um, our Twitter poll basically said that Donald Trump won the day. So um, one thing that I that I think that um, Trump touched on at the at the debate was uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. For those of you that don't really know what's going on with Hunter Biden's laptop, um, we can go over that. Uh, I just have to take a quick break. So uh, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, um, I'll get into exactly what happened with uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, how, how Rudy Giuliani came in possession of it, and why the timing of the release is what it is. So all that uh, and more, a little bit more into Hunter Biden's laptop, things along those lines um, after this quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, so um, Hunter Biden's laptop. Um, so this is this is the entirety of the story as I know it. Um, Hunter Biden has a MacBook, which is a questionable choice. Um, I'm not a big fan of Mac, but uh, we'll leave that as it is. Um, so Hunter Biden has a MacBook, and he got water on the laptop somehow. Um, broke the laptop. He, he couldn't get it working. Um, so he uh, took it to a repair shop um, somewhere around his home state of Delaware. Um, took it in to get it fixed. Got a quote. Uh, signed some paperwork. Uh, dropped it off. And when the repairs were finished, they called Hunter back to come pick up his laptop. He never picked it up. Uh, didn't pay the $85 repair charge, which honestly for Hunter Biden, $85 is nothing. So that, that's kind of confusing to me. Um, but didn't, didn't pay the bill. Um, so the guy, um, held the laptop uh, and after so long it became his possession because Hunter Biden didn't pay the bill, uh, which is standard practice. Any, any, any business, you take your car to a mechanic to get the, to get the engine redone. They redo the engine. You don't pay your bill. Um, that car becomes their property and they can sell it to recoup their losses. Um, at any rate, uh, I digress on that. Um, what happens next is the, now that that's his personal property, um, he decides to take a look at the laptop and see what's on it. He turns on the laptop and what he finds is still under debate. Um, but what, as he describes it, there was some explicit material on the laptop, things involving drugs, um, things involving kids. Um, so he called the FBI and the NSA. Um, I believe the NSA, maybe it was the FBI and the, and the, um, the FBI and the CIA, but I don't think it was the CIA. I think it was the NSA. Um, and he called local law enforcement. Nobody wanted to do anything with the laptop. There was no interest in the laptop whatsoever. Um, so he called Rudy Giuliani. And Rudy Giuliani was very interested in the laptop. So Rudy Giuliani goes uh, with... I don't exactly remember who he was with, but he takes some people with him uh, for chain of custody um, types of things. Um, and they take possession of the laptop. Rudy Giuliani makes four copies of the hard drive on the laptop and then sends the hard drive to the state police, the FBI, and the NSA. And keeps a copy of the hard drive for himself as well as the original. Um, so now there's essentially five copies of this hard drive out there. You have the original and the four duplicates. Um, now there's an investigation into the laptop. So a lot of people are wondering, well, why two weeks before the election, which is a very good point. I, uh, Jesse made that point and I, you know, Hey, uh, the timing of it, that's, that's, that, you know, it's a very good point. Um, but I believe that the fact that the FBI and NSA and the state police didn't want to take a look at it until Rudy Giuliani had a hold of it. 
Um, I think that that speaks volumes. Um, and that explains the discrepancy in time and why we have uh, two weeks before an election, we have a bombshell um, uh, regarding Hunter Biden. You know, I don't know if the laptop is real or not. Um, Ratcliffe, uh, John Ratcliffe, the head of the intelligence community, has come out and said this is not a piece of Russian misinformation. This is indeed Hunter Biden's laptop. It is legit. We have handwriting experts that have analyzed the signature, and it is Hunter Biden's signature. The hard drive belongs to Hunter Biden. Um, now, there's a lot of folks out there that are saying that this is just a Russian job to help Trump, that they hacked the, the laptop and put the information on there, which normally I would be on board with. However, there's a simple fact that this is a Macintosh. Um, I'm not saying that it's impossible to do um, because nothing in the world of computers is impossible. But what I am saying is as much as I dislike Apple and I dislike Mac, their security is much better than a PC for a laundry list of reasons. Um, one being specifically being able to write to a disk the way that they're um, the way that they're claiming they did. Um, I have a hard time believing that this machine was hacked and that this information was just uploaded to the machine. Um, in order for it to happen the way that they said it would happen, you, you're, you're talking about a coordinated effort involving, um, you know, social engineering, phishing, uh, you know, actual malware, um, intrusion into the device, uh, access to the operating system itself, uh, access to writable files on the hard drive, um, they actually have, and not only that, but if they, they would have also had to, if, if the reports are true, they would have had to have faked the videos that are on the laptop. They would have had to have faked the photos that are on the laptop. Even if the laptop is fake and all of that information was sort of, for lack of a better term, was stuffed onto that laptop by foreign agents, even if all that is true, they still had would have had to have fabricated the photos um, of 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 Hunter Biden and all this stuff. Which, yeah, I get it. What does it matter? Hunter Biden's not running for office. Oh, I I would I I I would caution and I would challenge all parents out there to think about what would happen if somebody sent you a picture of your son uh, abusing underage Chinese minors and torturing them, uh, which is what the allegations are, um, is that there are videos of Hunter Biden doing things with underage children uh, in China and torturing them, and that this is leverage used by the Chinese government um, to get whatever they want. Now, Joe Biden could say, you know, to hell with Hunter. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to stick my neck out on the line uh, to protect my son. But parents disagree with me if you want to. But if that were me and that were my kid, um, you know, I can't say what I would do to, to, to protect my kid from that kind of stuff coming out. Now, if my kid if my kid were it was abusing children and torturing them, obviously do whatever you got to do. Um, at that point, he's no longer my kid. Um, but I could see where they would be able to hold that information against Joe Biden if he were president. I'm just saying, maybe that's what they maybe that's what they were holding over his head when he was president or when he was vice president. Um, and maybe that's what they they have been using to get the good deals with Joe Biden through China. There's been speculation that he's accepted money from Chinese firms, which in my opinion, should have come out in his tax returns when he released his tax returns. Um, any money received should have, but you and I both know. I've seen Breaking Bad. I know how you can you can get money to places um, 
you know, um, the Ozarks, uh, another good show that shows how money, money laundering works. There's a lot of ways to clean money and make it seem like it's coming from a legitimate source. So I, I take that both as, you know, skepticism and with a grain of salt that, you know, from both sides. Um, but what astonishes me is that there's absolutely no major investigation into the Biden campaign, the way that there was for Trump. The, the allegations against Trump were much thinner uh, when it comes to Russia, um, and the reason for the Mueller investigation was a lot thinner uh, than what we have for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Could you imagine... Let me let me phrase it to you this way, um, and this is this is an argument I make all the time because if if Hunter's last name was Trump and he was Hunter Trump and not Hunter Biden, the kid would already be crucified. Um, if this was Don Jr. and um, and Kamala Harris's team, because it's not the Biden campaign, it's the Harris campaign. Um, but if Kamala Harris's team came out. And I say that actually because she was a, a district attorney and she probably has some friends in the legal department. Um, if Kamala Harris's team came out and said, hey, uh, we have uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop here. And on this laptop are emails um, that directly contradict Donald Trump's um, comments on Russia. And if if they would come out and say Donald Trump had this laptop and on this laptop it has emails that that prove that that uh, prove that Trump colluded with Russia and on there there's also pictures of Donald Trump Jr. doing all of this now this is all hypothetical mind you I don't want somebody taking this text out of context or this clip out of context this is all hypothetical what if what if all of this stuff came out, but instead of it being Hunter Biden, it was Donald Trump Jr. Do you not think that this would be front page news on every on every single station? Do you not think that they would be running, um, you know, blurred out uh, clips of the videos on CNN? Um, I'm I'm just saying that there's nothing. There's no Mueller investigation. There's no outrage. There's no talking heads on TV. Um, talking about how reprehensible behavior this is and how this is unprecedented and, and just a, a slap in the face of the founding fathers and all the other stuff that they, they went on and on and on about on Russian collusion. There's none of that for Biden. There's none of that. There isn't even a whisper. In fact, as soon as it came out, the very first thing was, oh, that's that's just, that that's ridiculous. That's, that's Russian misinformation. Uh, no. This is this is completely domestic. Uh, this was never outside of the country. Um, this was a, a repair shop in Delaware. This is not. This is not some crazy, um, out of the out, out of the box, uh, weird coincidence here. This is legit chain of command, signatures uh, confirmed type of evidence and nothing. We've got crickets. In fact, not only do we have crickets, but the people that did try to report on it, the New York Post, are now banned on Twitter um, and and can't, can't even um, promote the story because Twitter has deemed it misinformation. The gods of, of, our, of our existence have said that this is untrue, even though you know, it's more founded in truth than anything that came out of the Steele dossier. And they they took that to, to the FISA courts and used that to get warrants on Carter Page. So, you, you know, my, my thought is, is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Why, why should we not give this laptop the same kind of scrutiny uh, that we gave the Steele dossier, even though we knew that the Steele dossier was was foreign crap. It came from uh, Christopher Steele, um, a, a British foreign national. They colluded with a British foreign national to draw up dirt on Donald Trump. 
but nobody talks about that. It, I just, I don't understand where, where the, where's the disconnect? Where's the disconnect? Why can't people see this? Why, why is it so cloudy for everyone? If, if, if that was Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop, he would already be in prison. He would already be in prison. And if you don't, if you don't think that's true, ask Michael Flynn, ask Paul Manafort, ask anyone that's been in the Trump circle that, that did anything questionable. And I'm not saying what those guys did was right, but the hammer came down on them. And, and if they, if what they did is wrong and they did wrong and they really did do wrong, then the hammer should come down. But we've got tangible proof, concrete, tangible evidence that, that if nothing else, questionable things happened and there should be an investigation. And the fact that there's utter silence is deafening to me. It's deafening. Uh, and really, I'm not surprised. Um, it still shocks me, but I'm not surprised. The, the, the bias, um, against Donald Trump is, is palatable, uh, in, in our, in our new society. And I say our new society because things really changed in 2016. We're not even in the same world anymore. Um, there is never a time, uh, that I've seen such hatred for an individual in the name of tolerance and compassion and peace. Uh, I just, when, when they, spit those lines about tolerance and compassion with their crocodile tears and, and their venomous, just, just venomous, deceitful lies. It, it, it just gets right under my skin. I cannot understand how Nancy Pelosi can even keep a straight face. Why her, why her, why she hasn't melted like the Nazis at the end of, uh, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. How can this woman spew these lies and misinformation and, 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 and wake up and put her fucking shoes on the next day? I just, I can't get how these people function. Uh, but I guess, I guess that's just my problem. Um, I guess I'm not corrupt enough. I just don't understand. I, I don't get it. And, um, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the upcoming election um, and a couple of other personal things uh, before, before I end the show. Uh, so I'm going to take one more break here. Um, and then when we come back, I want to talk about the election and um, a little bit of a personal story that happened to me yesterday. So uh, just one more break and then I will be right back. And we're back. So we have an election coming up on November 3rd uh, that may or may not be the most important election um, since Abraham Lincoln's election. Um, for me as a Trump supporter, um, I see this as a vote for um, Joe Biden or America. Either you're voting for to keep America free um, and uh, full of liberty and individual rights and, um, you know, the, the values that America has stood for uh, since its inception. Um, and, and I'm not talking about these conspiracy theories that America was founded on white supremacy and that... Uh, that America was made for white people by white people. That's fucking racist. Um, there were very prominent black Americans during the revolution. There were very prominent black Americans before the revolution. Uh, it, it had nothing to do with white supremacy. And I will argue to the day that I, to my dying breath, um, that, that this country is not a racist country. It's not designed by racist. Um, there were flawed men. Uh, they were flawed men, uh, that made this country. I'll give you that. 
they were not perfect. They, they had uh, issues. Um, they did wrong things. Uh, they participated in, um, you know, uh, the institution of slavery, uh, which has since been denounced, at least in most countries. It still exists today. Um, if you don't believe that, then go to China. You can find slavery in China. We've already talked about that. Uh, the Uyghur um, Muslims are being enslaved by the Chinese and used for cheap uh, cheap slave labor. So to to all those that think that the, that the uh, founders were evil um, and, and don't want to look at Apple um, as slave owners, you're, you're a hypocrite. Um, your iPhone was made by slaves. You're in, in those that hold, hold Androids in their pocket. You're not, you're not, um, you're not innocent of this either. Um, your, your products, your TVs, your clothes, uh, your, your Nikes, your Abercrombie and Fitch, your old Navy, um, all of that is all made by slave labor in China and Taiwan and places like that. It's all, it's all slaves. It's all slaves. And, and, we were the first country. Well, we weren't the first. Um, I'll give you that. There were about six countries before us, um, but we were we we were the quickest um, to free all of our slaves. And then it took a long time for them to get voting rights. And and I'm not saying that any of this um, should not be discussed because we need to we need to talk about what's great about this country as well as what we've gotten wrong. Um, I would say that. Um, Quite a few hundred thousand uh, Japanese U.S. citizens uh, would have something to say about uh, the evils of this country. Uh, we've done some things wrong, but it's still the the greatest, best place on earth. Um, it's the greatest civilization that mankind has ever seen. Um, it's the freest place that man's ever seen because we believe in individual freedom. And if you want to stick with that. Um, if you want to stick with the greatest country on the planet, despite all of our flaws and all of the things that we have done wrong, we have come to a place that is amazing in this country. You can come from anywhere in the world, have nothing, nothing with you but hope and and just the money you need to get in the gate. And as long as you have a drive and work ethic and a will to do better, you will make it in this country. That is a fact. All you need is a will to be. And, and you're in. Ben Shapiro says it all the time. You need three things in this country to be successful. You need, to, uh, you need a high school education. You need uh, no, to, no children before you're married. And to pay your bills on time. That's all you need. To not be in poverty in this country. And if you can handle doing those three things, uh, you're, you're golden. So don't, don't get more debt, uh, than, than what you can handle. Uh, don't have sex and have kids outside of wedlock and, um, graduate high school. Those are, those are not high bars. Those are pretty low bars, and if you can achieve those three things in this country, you'll be successful. And uh, and honestly, I think you only need to really achieve two out of those three things, and you'll be successful. Barring, you know, as uh, I honestly believe, the most important thing out of that list uh, to be successful is pay your bills on time. Uh, for a very long time, um, I I I was very wishy-washy and lackluster on my bills. I would, I would pay them when they came due. Um, I would pay them when the final notice came. Um, I would put them off. Sometimes I would just ignore them until, until they uh, got sent to collections and then pay them off. And I was not very good financially. Um, it wasn't until I got married and, um, it wasn't even really that. It was before I got married. When I say I got married, it was before I met my current wife. I've been with her for 13 years. We've been married for three. So it wasn't until I got into a steady relationship, I'll put it that way. It wasn't until I got into a steady relationship and started paying my bills on time, um, no matter what I had to do. And what what's good about these companies is they don't they don't expect a lot. They just want you to keep 
keep paying. Uh, so as long as you can pay a little bit uh, on time, that's all they want. Make your arrangements. They're 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 out there. They would they just want their money. They've given you a service or they've given you a product. They just want their money so that they can keep keep doing their business. I didn't understand that. I understand that now. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with my, my red pilling, so to speak. I wasn't, I, I, those of you that are, that have listened to the show before know that I'm not, uh, I am a conservative, um, now because my views fit the conservative views now. Um, when I was in high school, my views fit the progressive or the liberal or the left side of the views. Um, I don't necessarily support gay marriage, but I'm not opposed to it. Um, I, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I don't care what you do, um, with your, with your life. If you want to, if you want to do those things, then by all means, uh, that's none of my business. So I, I take a very libertarian view on, on social issues. As long as it doesn't affect me, why do I care? Why do I care? Why do I care? Why should we care? Um, so that was a very uh, progressive viewpoint when I was in high school and when I was growing up. Um, another liberal viewpoint that I have is on abortion. Um, I was pro-choice when I was in high school. But what, what pro-choice meant was, in when I was in high school, um, it meant that there should be at least some semblance of a choice for women. Abortion should not be banned. That's my view. Abortion should not be banned. That's my view. So when I was in high school, my view was a progressive view, is that, yeah, there, sh there are reasons where abortions can be legitimate, um, you know, very rare cases like uh, the child's life is in danger as well as the mother's life is in danger. If both the child and the mother are going to die, but if we abort the baby, the mother can still live. That's a, that's a no brainer. Of course, of course, abort the baby and allow the child to live. It's horrible. And it is a, it's, it's heart wrenching and it's a sad situation, but that's a no brainer. And in my opinion, saying ban abortion would alleviate that option. And now we've got to let two people die because we, but because alleviating one of those individuals um, is illegal. So that was where my pro choice came from. Now we've gotten to a point where abortion is birth control. And that's not right. That's not right at all. That's not, that's not what I believe in. So now I'm pro-life because my views changed as the spectrum changed. My, my, my opinion didn't change, but where I, where I sit on the spe spectrum with my views has changed. I've always been a physical conservative. I've always thought that the government should stay out of our business. Um, I've always thought that there should be less re regulation, less taxes, and let let the free market do what it does. Um, I've always been in favor of um, you know personal responsibility. So in in that aspect, I've always been conservative in that aspect, even when I was in high school. Um, a, a, another liberal view of mine in high school was uh, on welfare. I feel that food stamps are necessary. I feel like there should be that safety net for families when things go wrong. Um, so what, what's strange to me about this current place is that I didn't change. I didn't change. The left changed. Um, yeah, I was, I was a pretty big supporter of George W. Bush there for a while. Um, but that changed when, um, when actually it didn't change until well after he was in office. Um, and it was actually recently once, once he started endorsing Hillary Clinton and then he's and now endorsing Biden, I started looking and I'm like, okay, why would George W. Bush endorse Hillary Clinton? 
Um, why would George W. Bush endorse Joe Biden? And it's all because he's a globalist. He's part of the the new world order to to put a conspiracy theory term on it. And it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. They want to globalize the world. They want every economy to be tied together. And it's already happened. We're already at a global economy. We're already at a place where the world, um, the world is run as one big country with a bunch of states in it. And the United States is like, no, no, we're not doing that. I think, I think the reason why the United States is like that is because we, we've dealt with globalism before. Um, the United States was a colony of Great Britain, which was a very globalist power uh, back in the day. And we saw the results of what happens when there's a ruling party uh, thousands and thousands of miles away, um, disconnected from your people um, and things along those lines, which is why they designed the government that that, that they designed. Um, so what they did was they... They said, all right, we got to have a central government because we need to be able to, you know, uh, be diplomatic with the world. We need to be able to, um, you know, engage with other countries and things along those lines. So we do need a centralized federal government, but we also don't want to uh, take away the, the rights of individual states to make their own laws because states know better on an individual level. They know better what they need than what the federal government does. Um, and then the states even went further and says, you know, it's great that we have all this power and stuff like that, but we need local governments because those local governments know what each individual local uh, local community needs better than what we do as a state. So we're going to confer to that. So um, we, we believe in small, small governments, um, that stack on top of each other instead of the global, great grand global globalism. And I think the reason why I, I dislike George W. so much is because of his globalism. I just don't think it's possible for um, a centralized government in the, in the center of a world to control the entire world. I think that things are too intricate um, around the around the world. Like, how is... How is a, let's just say for the sake of argument that they use the UN, which I imagine that's what they would do. They would use the UN as the central government for the world. How can a government body in central Europe, um, how can they have a finger on the pulse of the needs of people in South Africa or in central australia like the aborigines and that like i just don't feel like a one world government is good enough um i just don't it's going to end up being the same as it was when we were ruled by britain it's going to be taxation without representation again there's no way that one one government can can represent the entire world it's just not possible so I just, I think that's why I, I, I dislike um, George W. And the reason why I think that this, this election is so weird is because it's almost as if the entire political spe spectrum has shifted and we're just in a completely, just in a completely different place um, from, from where we were at, at another, at, a, at, at different points in time. So I'm going to take another quick break. Um, and when I come back, I'm going to tell you, um, the personal story, um, I had with my son yesterday. It's a great, great, great story. So just one more break here. And when I come back, we'll finish up the show. Thanks. And, uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. So yesterday um, was a special hunting season. Um, there was a mentored youth hunt in Pennsylvania for uh, antlerless firearms. I know not everybody is big into hunting and things like that, but my boy got his first deer yesterday. Um, 
we were we went out and uh he's 10 years old so in pennsylvania they have what's called the mentored youth program and children under 12 um can get a hunting license and they get tags and and the whole deal but they they have to have a licensed um a licensed adult with them in order for them to hunt um so essentially i couldn't hunt um but i could i could let him hunt i could just stand there and observe and and let him do his thing so it was actually really cool it was a great day uh we went out in the morning uh we hunted up here on our on our family farm and i took him down into one of the lower fields and we hunted in the morning and we saw a deer um and he took his shot and he missed he missed the first one he went for and he was kind of disappointed in that but um you know any hunter that 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 actually cares about hunting uh for the right reasons it's not about whether or not you get the deer um it's about the experience and he was happy that he at least got to see something and had an opportunity and he was just grateful that he was able to uh have that opportunity so um later on in the day um his his pap uh took us up to another field on the upper part of the farm and um kind of stuck us back in in this little pocket and and we sat there and he was starting to get impatient Aaron Aaron was um my son and he was starting to get impatient and um just kind of fidgeting around and you could tell that he was getting bored and things like that and I kept telling him like look buddy we're uh we're hunting you know it's not like you can make an appointment and the deer show up when when it, when uh when when you're ready for them you know they 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 have their own schedules um so uh we waited and waited and waited and finally just about the time that he's kind of got a stick and kind of poking at the ground and things like that and he's you, you know that he's he's checked out he's not into it just about that time up into the field walks a doe and it was a young doe but it was a doe um and i said hey buddy there's a there's a deer and he, his eyes lit up and he looked around and there she was and i gave him the gun and he he pruned out and laid down and i i I figured it'd be easier for him if I used the bipod. So put the bipods down and he laid there and he watched her for a little bit and she kind of started going down over the hill. So he didn't have a shot. So, um, I had him go up, uh, there's this metal platform, um, at the, at the edge of the, at the edge of the field. So I had him walk up on the metal platform and she didn't know we were there. Um, and he had, he was kind of behind a tree a little bit so she couldn't see us but we could see her and he took his time and he took the shot and he got her um it was a pretty good shot i would say if i had to estimate the distance i would say about 150 200 yards um and it was a good clean shot so i was happy she went right down there was no suffering um there was no um you know she didn't feel a thing which is what i always look for um when when i when i go hunting i always tell him um, at least, you know, if we're, if we're going to do this, uh, then we have to do it ethically. Um, we have to do it responsibly and we want to do it humanely. Um, so if you're going to shoot an animal and you're going to take its life, you want to make sure that it doesn't suffer, um, and that it's quick and you know, that you get a good shot. So I was very, very proud, um, that he, that he took his time and he, and he took a good shot and then he made a good shot. Um, and we went down and we got it and the smile on this kid's face, um, is, is priceless. Um, and as a, as a father being able to experience that with him, it was a very good experience and everyone is proud of him. Um, everyone is, is ecstatic and he himself got a little bit of self-esteem out of that. And I think that that's important at his age. He, he got a win as I like to put it. He, he needed a win and he got a win. He got himself, um, he got himself what he needed. He, he did good. And I was very proud and we, we cleaned the deer and his, his pap helped us clean the deer and, and 
it was just an all around. It was a good day. Everybody was proud of him, and he he got the the affection and and ad, accolades that he needed and deserved. Um, so I I was I was happy about it, um, and I was proud. So I'm I'm really I'm really glad that that he had that experience and that we that that Pennsylvania, um, kind of gave that opportunity for him to uh, participate in and. And I'm I'm proud of his progress as a hunter and and just growing up all together. I think that he's that he's doing well. Uh, he's really he's really come a long way. He's really come a long way. And uh, it, it, I started taking him hunting when he was five years old. Um, he used to just sit down in the corner of my tree stand and and uh, and keep warm. And I'd pack him full of hand warmers and. He was just kind of there to watch because he couldn't do anything at that age, obviously. And then, you know, as he got older, he started to be able to get his own tags and things like that. But he, he's, we never saw anything and we never got doe licenses before because, you know, we usually just get, get regular old antlered, uh, you know, buck licenses. Um, but this year we went, we went for it and got the doe licenses and I'm glad we did because, uh, he, he, he did good. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of him. So, uh, if anyone wants to send him some congratulations, um, you can send, uh, any congratulations to Mike at the BTL podcast.com. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at the BTL podcast, uh, on Facebook at PA between the lines. If you follow us on PA between the lines, um, uh, I may have a link to the picture of his deer on my own Facebook page, which should be linked through between the lines. Uh, if not, if anyone wants to see a picture of it, then then let us know and we'll put it up on the website, uh, thebtlpodcast.com. But um, I'm glad that everyone listened in. Hopefully next week I'll either have Scott or Jesse with me um, to make the conversation a little bit more entertaining and two-sided. Um, I feel like when I do these things solo that I'm just sit- sitting here talking to nobody, which is, you know, essentially what I'm doing, but it's, it's not quite as, it's, I don't, I don't feel it, it, it's quite as good as when I have, um, you know, somebody to talk with. Um, so at any rate, um, I hope everyone has a great week. I hope that, um, everyone's still doing well with the COVID. Uh, I hope that we get out of this. I encourage everyone to go out and vote in person. Um, you know, November 3rd is very important. It's going to be safe. If you're safe to go to Walmart and stand in line at Walmart and, or Sam's club or, or target or, or Best Buy or any of your local, stores that don't mean anything if you can go get groceries you can go vote so um you know if if you're gonna send in a mail-in ballot get it filled out get it in now there's no reason voting is open the polls are open um at least as far as mail-in ballots are concerned they're accepting the mail-in ballots so go ahead and send them in they'll hold on to them until election day and they'll be counted on election day i urge you though to vote in person vote in person vote in person. I don't care if you're a Democrat, vote in person. I don't care if you're independent, vote in person. If you're a Trump supporter, I already know you're going to vote in person. So, um, and I don't care who you vote for, just vote, just vote. Please get out there and vote. I would, I would appreciate it if you vote for Donald Trump, um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to force anyone to, to vote for anyone. In my opinion, uh, this election is, is a choice between, um, Joe Biden and America, um, communism or independence. What, what do you want? Um, and there's no Scott or Jesse here to rein me in. So this is the opinion that you get. <laughs> normally this is where scott would chime in and and try to be more middle of the road uh and this is where jesse would chime in and um y- you know tell me um you know uh his point of view and and to be more middle of the road but they're not here um so uh in my opinion this is an election between D- uh donald trump and communism so 
if you don't think that, maybe not communism, but at least socialism. And if you if you don't believe that, look at Joe Biden's track record. Um, it, it's all written right there. Um, so again, you can find us on Twitter at the BTL podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash PA between the lines. Uh, we're available on our website at the BTL podcast.com. You can take our Twitter polls at the BTL podcast.com forward slash polls. You can, uh, find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. We're on Breaker. We're on Radio Republic. Um, in, in fact, if we're putting it that way, there's less places that you can't find us than where you can. So if you cannot find our podcast, it's your fault, not ours. Uh, we've got it out there in a, in a number of places that you can visit. So not only would we encourage you to listen to our stuff, but tell tell your friends and have them listen too. Um, it, this is a, this is a group project, so the more people that listen, the better. Uh, so again, on Twitter at the BTL Podcast, Facebook.com forward slash PA between the lines. You can find us at thebtlpodcast.com. I hope everyone has a great week. Be good to yourselves. Just just be good to yourselves. Don't riot. Quit starting fires. Um, let's just let's come together. And be America. Let's just be America. Uh, quit, quit with all the crap. See everybody next week.